0: That their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Oh Kaiser doesn't
1: see him. Ball is out.
0: But there it's always it's seems to be one team further behind. Here we go, there we go. <laughs> Here we go. There we go. There we go. Further behind.
1: There we go. There we
0: go. Further behind.
1: There we go. we go. Further behind. brown all day all night we found it you guys calm down carbon you found what the brown noise kenny and me found the brown noise
0: all right gang welcome to the brown notes podcast where we let them rip on the cleveland browns my name is scott
1: and this is rico um we get how was your day today, man? Did you have a good it day. A, it was a good day, man. The
0: Browns, um, won back to back home openers.
1: Holy for the hell, first dude. time since Bill Belichick was the coach. Woo! 1993 was the last time this happened. This is kind of listen, man. Here's the thing, and, and, and it depends on you could spin this any way you want because. The the preseason doesn't really mean jack shit right now. So when when people ask the question about is it important to make a statement or to have a win in the first game because it sets the tone, right? How important is it to set the tone with the first with the victory in the first game? You know, coach. You know, people will play it down because they don't want to be the overconfident one. They they want to say well, it's just the first game of the season. It's the long. it's, it's you know, we've got 17 games, yada, yada. But don't underestimate how important it is to not only win the first game, but to win the first game by three touchdowns and to make a statement the way that they made the statement today is you, you can't, you can't, you can't emphasize the en- enough the importance of what happened today for what they're trying to build in Berea, right?
0: Listen, man, this is the Cleveland Browns we're talking about. We can never take wins for granted, and they're always important, and they always matter, no matter when they come in the season. But especially for this team, a team that's trying to turn around, trying to find their way, trying to, not to get everybody fired, it's extra special super duper important to come out play well and win there are some things we could nitpick about if we wanted to be those guys but overall um
1: a pretty solid week 1 performance totally agree i mean uh, i guess uh, gosh there's so much there's so many things to talk about let's just start with the obvious one dude the defense like We've been talking about this all preseason, just how how different the defense has looked and and how much more energetic they are and how much more active they are and all that other good stuff you guys have all heard us talk about. But, boy, did they put on a display today. That defensive line was just en fuego, man. They, they were just – the defense was just stifling today on all fronts. Super impressed with that. I, I can't believe – It was so much different already under Jim Schwartz than anything Joe Woods did. I feel kind of pissed, actually. I kind of feel pissed that we wasted two years of Joe Woods, but it did bring us to this point, so I'm happy about it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, is the defense this good? And this is kind of like, I think it's a lot to ask that we see this for the next 16 games, right? Where you're making like, one of the best quarterbacks in the league punt like six straight times that's um probably not going to happen but so i struggle a little bit with how much of it is a dominant defense versus how much of it is it's week 1 week ones are weird offenses usually lag behind defense in terms of uh of how far along they are and oh by the way it was another Deshaun Watson as a Cleveland Brown game at home in Cleveland where we had really unusually bad weather. And so, you know, I got a feeling that like, you know, Joe Burrow just couldn't, neither quarterback. I think both quarterbacks really struggled to kind of grip and, and pass the ball successfully in the weather guys were slipping. Um, You know, so how much of this is like, the defense that we're going to see in that level of play versus how much of it is kind of just the time of year and the weather, you know,
1: it's probably well, a lot of all of it. Right. True. And, and I thought about that, how I, I don't, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment with this win. Um, But at the same time, I think to answer your question about, are we going to see this from the defense all year? I think what we're going to see all year from them is the attitude and the energy. We'll see that every single game which is I think I was referring more to that than the actual, you know, technical stuff, the 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 nuts and bolts of it. The heart and the attitude and the energy was the difference between what what we've seen in preseason and what we saw today was, in my opinion, profoundly different than anything we saw with the Joe Woods offense. And I'm not even talking about any of the technical stuff. Yeah, are they going to have games where they're giving up yards and they're giving up points? And, and yeah, that stuff's going to happen. But what I think we are are going to see consistently is that, that swag and the attitude and the energy, which is way different than what we saw last year. I think that we will see every single week. Yeah, and what we saw was
0: them being able to get off the field when they needed to, right? And you especially saw seeing the game effectively end when Miles Garrett iced it with the sack of Joe Burrow was like, Kind of what we've been waiting for, you know, yeah, was that critical true. kind of Miles Garrett statement late in the game that, that's what that's what you want out of your superstar players is make a make a play when it matters, you know. So, you know, we saw that. Um,
1: gosh, so what else is there to say? Um, Donzo Ward looked really great. I mean, not having practiced all week, he's in the protocol the last two weeks, and he came back. Emerson uh, played really well. Yeah, the Emerson they looked great. Played well, all the cornerbacks looked amazing today. And let's not make any mistake about this. The Cincinnati Bengals are a really fucking good football team. Okay. And they are not going to look like this all year. They are going to come back. They're going to win a lot of football games and they're going to look really great. So let's, let's not. Be fooled too much. Let's again. Let's not be prisoner of the moment here. We can enjoy this. We can, you know, enjoy the good things that we saw. But let's not. Let's not be fooled by the Bengals because they're a really good fucking football team.
0: I mean, I think there was a window of time in the game when when a mix in kind of exploded, there were two back-to-back plays. I forget exactly where it was in the game where Cincinnati was able to kind of crack our defense open and gain some yards. And it was essentially on the ground yep. and it felt like neither team was having a lot of success kind of in the air, but they kind of both kept at it and it felt like the Browns eventually kind of just committed to, running the ball and kind of doing things on the ground and and were able to have success and I think had Cincinnati kind of I don't know it felt like there was a window of time where if Cincinnati had kind of done the same that they might have been able to uh to kind of stay in the game but eventually they ended up just trying to kind of you know play catch up which meant they were going to have to throw the ball but I don't know, man. It just felt like the pass wasn't working for either team, and the Browns kind of more quickly kind of just adapted and went to the run, and the Bengals maybe didn't. But when the Bengals did, they were kind of able to have success a little bit in terms of moving the ball. So I don't know. We'll see. It made me a little nervous there for a minute. You know,
1: and I think that's uh, going going along with what you just said. I think that that – Kevin Stefanski deserves a lot of credit for adjusting on the fly and and seeing that the passing game wasn't really going to be for whatever reason. I mean, I get weather wrinkle. What well, it doesn't matter. He he adjusted, noticed that the passing game wasn't going to happen today and leaned more on the run. And maybe that was the plan all the all along, but it appeared as if he leaned more on the run because the pass wasn't working. And, and oh, by the way, we have Nick Chubb, and they have Joe Mixon, who's not Nick Chubb, and their offensive line is not as good as Cleveland's offensive line, hence the ability to run the ball better than Cincinnati was able to run. So he, he leaned more on the run because he had to, or maybe because he wanted to, but that was the difference because Cleveland could do it and did it, Cincinnati wasn't able to I think a lot of it dude Joe Burrow 37 days man he's 37 days without practice and uh that 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 that's a factor I mean he was super rusty I think I mean I'm no doctor but you know a lot of people were saying that the calf muscle was still kind of bothering him a little bit um and so again uh they could have they tried and were successful a few different times to run the ball but they couldn't lean on it as much as they wanted to because the running game has really never been as good as cleveland's running game and we were able to run and lean on on the run more and that was the difference today
0: yeah a couple of thoughts on that though did you see i don't think that burrow wasn't the only one out there battling you know roster injury did you see that clip i sent you from twitter Deshaun Watson was on an IV at halftime and said that that he was basically experiencing a, like, he called it like a full body cramp, but he, he was cramping up all over the place, which probably impacted his ability to, uh, you know, make plays out there. He played through it, obviously, but, um, you know, so I feel like too, with the, um, Ford, uh, Was dropping the ball. The Browns have had some. We saw this in the preseason. They've kind of had some difficulty making the exchange and, and, you know, handing the ball off and it ending up on the ground. And that kind of happened to us again this time in a game that counted. And so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much of it was just, you know, things were slippery out there or how much of it is just carry over from the preseason as well as that happened a number of times in the preseason. So just a lot of things offensively maybe weren't working the way you would want, you would hope ultimately though, we were able to kind of just lean on, you know, the Nick Chubb
1: factor. Yeah, man, I totally agree. Like the, th- the Ford fumble and remember he had the hamstring injury, so he didn't practice for a whole month. Um so I think that was kind of a factor. I'm I'm willing to give uh Ford a break because he's coming off the hamstring. Um honestly, I mean, wet ball or not, these dudes have been playing this game for a long ass time. I that is the, the the black eye in this game is is how really both quarterbacks how both quarterbacks looked it was they looked they both looked awful Joe Burrow looked worse than Deshaun Watson did but Deshaun Watson practiced all preseason and still looked bad today so I, I'm not gonna lie dude him practiced and the Joe Burrow didn't practice for 37 days so I can kind of give him a break on this. Um, from that point of view but but Deshaun Watson practiced all preseason and he looked bad and um, and that that I'm not gonna lie I know it's the first game and typically the offenses aren't really firing on all cylinders at the beginning of the season for a few games but I'm not gonna lie dude it, it worries me because he looks the same as he did last year and I I don't need to see that that can't we can't see that right yeah I was I'm kind of was kind of thinking that too at what point do we
0: stop excusing like oh it's six games last year and his head was all fucked up and it's like at what point do we stop kind of excusing that stuff and start to expect to see the player that the browns traded a ton of picks for and spent a shit ton of money for at what point do we demand to see that player and stop with the kind of like excuses um because I don't know man. I'm like I texted you during the game. I'm kind of getting concerned that this guy can't play in the elements. I mean, I think it's kind of been unusual, but like since he's come back from the suspension, the home games that we've had in Cleveland, the weather has been like unusually bad. We had the one game against the Ravens where it was super windy. We had the game against the Saints where it was like 25 below. We have this game where it's raining the whole time. He hasn't played in like just a, you know, just kind of a typical fall Sunday. He's played in weather, and he's not a weather quarterback. He's a southern, you know, he's he's a uh, a southern warm weather quarterback, right? So I don't know. I mean, it's I'm starting to wonder: is this kid going to have issues playing in Cleveland, Ohio, where we're constantly dealing with the weather here, and so? It's kind of like the reason why we run the ball in the Midwest, right? We're all tired of kind of hearing that because that's not what the NFL is anymore, but there's a reason why, you know, it's OJ Simpson in Buffalo and Gail Sayers in Chicago and Franco Harris in Pittsburgh. It's There's a reason why the game's played a certain way in this True. part of the country, you know, and you know, we can lament the fact that we don't have a stadium or that the weather's shitty, but that ain't changing in the next four years of Deshaun Watson. So he's got to learn to kind of play better in inclement weather. And I, I don't know if that's the problem, if if it is. I don't know. The guy seems to throw everything he throws seems to go in the dirt. He's like perpetually kind of, um, you know, under-throwing guys, I feel like. And so... I don't know. I'm starting to get a little worried about it. Should I be worried about it, or should I just enjoy the victory? A little bit of both, I guess. I don't know. Uh,
1: no, uh, you should be worried, because I'm worried. I'm happy that they won. Um, the defense looked great, and Nick Chubb looked great, but you're they are not we we've said this a million times they as a team as a front office as a con- <laughs> as a conglomerate as the corporation of the cleveland browns are only going to go as far as number 4 goes so i've seen i've a lot of people are excusing his performance today because of the weather it wasn't even raining that hard dude it was like 70 degrees and and wasn't raining that hard that that can't be that can't be the reason why he played like shit because that is also a problem. Think about it this way. If he played bad because of that weather, which is not even that bad, especially in Northeast Ohio, the weather was rainy and 70. What what's going to happen when it's rainy year and 45, that's worse. And you're going to see more of those than you're going to see today. So if he's having trouble with, because of the weather, that's a gigantic problem. If he's having trouble because he's just, hasn't gotten his mojo back from being out of the game for so long, then that's also a problem. So no matter how you look at it, yeah, you ought to be worried because I am too. Yeah. I mean, you know, I,
0: I feel like, you know, he's still able to kind of, because of who he is and the threat he is on the ground And even though they were unable to connect on all those long passes they attempted, I think they were trying to loosen up the defense a little bit. And players still kind of had to respect it, even though they haven't seen it yet. You know, and so, you know, I I get what they were doing from a play calling standpoint, but part of me just wishes that Stefanski would have just like call some dink and dunk shit just to like get him going and get some confidence and get him some rhythm do you know what i mean like call some kindergarten crap because he did that with baker mayfield baker mayfield coming off the Freddie kitchens year was destroyed as a player he was great in 18 terrible in 19 and 20 stefanski had to like rebuild him and he had to rebuild his confidence and so he just kind of like baby him and, and called plays that favored him. And it feels like with Deshaun Watson, he's not really doing that. He's kind of putting his foot on the gas and I get it. His job's on the line and he's got to win games, but he was going for big ass plays on multiple occasions. And I think it's like, you know, maybe he's got to treat Deshaun Watson a little bit more like he did Baker Mayfield in 2020. And maybe he just kind of, ease him into it a little bit until like the kid gets some rhythm and some confidence back. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. You know,
1: that's a really good point, but I think what he did instead, because I think to your point, he was maybe more interested in just winning the game. Like really kind of, you're supposed to, but from, a certain point of view, I think, instead of doing what you suggested, where you just kind of make him feel comfortable and get him going a little bit at a time, he chose to, instead of doing that, he chose to run the ball, which he knew that he could do. And he, and he knew that he could be successful doing that. Instead of the little dink and dunks to get Deshaun Watson going, he decided to just run the ball, which worked. So from that, Point of view that was a good choice but at the same time then when you come back to sean watching you're wanting to throw 20 or 30 yards down the field which he he can't do right now he's not he's not doing it the throws are right. short they're off they're too high or they're too low so i don't know dude what do you do do you you kind of i hate to say this do you do you risk sacrificing the first game in order to get your qb going or do you go Or do you just try and win the game? That's a toughie, dude, because if you try and get him going, then you risk losing the game. Yeah, I kind
0: of feel like he tried to do both. I think he did try to split the difference. I think it was a tale of two halves. And I think in the first half, he tried to kind of, you know, see if he could get the Ferrari out of the garage and get it going. And then in the second half, he was like, okay, got to stop fucking around and we got to win this game. And I felt like, I felt like in the first half, he was more kind of like um, trying to go for it with Deshaun Watson as a, as a QB, you saw a lot of, I mean, there were several kind of down the field attempts, none of them that, that worked out,
1: but, and then in the second half, it was just like, They just had to lock it down and try to win the game. Try to win the game. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mike Tomlin next week is I'm telling you what Mike Tomlin's not stupid. Mike Tomlin is not Zach Taylor. Mike Tomlin coaches circles around Zach Taylor and Mike Tomlin's going to put about 15 dudes in the box after this game which looks exactly like the six games from last year. He's going to put about 15 dudes in the box. He's going to force them to run down the field. He's going to put TJ Watt over Jed Wills, who was terrible today, and he's going to force Deshaun Watson to be the person that everybody wants him to be. That's exactly what's going to happen next week. They're going to put TJ Watt over Jed Wills. They're going to stack the box, and they're going to make him throw it on the field, and they're going to go, good. You you, you haven't shown that you can do it up until now, so we're going to force you to have to do that. And they're going to have to connect
0: on those yeah. plays. When they call a deep ball, they're going to have to connect on it to get the defenses to respect it and loosen things up. Until then, you're right. You can just go ahead and just just uh, stack it if you need to. But um, I thought a couple other things, a couple other thoughts on the game. Yeah. It was It was good to see the kicking game working. You know, three field goals made, all the extra points made. I think if Cade York was out there, I think, you know, he's going to miss one or two of those. And then then you're probably, you know, it's affecting field position. It's affecting momentum. Um, you know, the game may go differently. And so that kind of like, you don't want to think about it because it's fucking kicking, but we've had such an issue with it that it's. It made a difference in this game having a guy who could make the kicks. And he was making the kicks in the rain, in the in the the weather off the lake. So that was encouraging for a guy coming from San Diego. And I I gotta say, I mean, I know in Bubba we trust, I suppose, for the time being, but I still feel like the return game. I mean, I we need a return specialist having people's Jones back there. I don't know, man. I mean, if they had one. They had one. He got
1: hurt again. I know. Two years in a <laughs> row. But
0: but you see that as like, to me, when I'm watching the game, I mean, it's it's the field position thing is like, you know, it matters in football and it just feels like the Browns just special teams wise, at least they're making kicks, but uh, the return game is like non-existent.
1: I mean, I, he, I think that he's back there because he's done enough now to where he's comfortable doing it but when you have a especially a punt returner when the guys the the other team gets down there so quickly you need a guy that can get going quickly and his his strides are too loping and it takes him you know what i'm saying you need guy that's got quicker feet that can get going faster to be a returner and it takes him too long to get up to speed so i think he's just kind of back there dude because they don't have anybody else to put back there. I mean, they, like I said, they had somebody, but he's fucking hurt. So they got to put the guy that at least he's catching the ball. Fine. If if that's if, if the worst that's going to happen is he's going to fair catch everything. I mean, at least he's not dropping the ball and, and trying to do something that he can't do. So, I mean, you're right. They need somebody else back there, but I'm not sure who else to put back there at this point in time. I don't so- know.
0: You had mentioned about Jack Conklin in our last episode, and that turned out to be, you know, you had the crystal ball in hand for that one. So he'll, he's all indications. Kevin Stefanski didn't say anything in his in his uh, post game, but it sounds like he's going to be yeah. off for the year. I
1: think so too. I mean, I listen. I said it last week. I'm not. I wasn't wishing an injury on anybody. I just. Jack Conklin just can't stay healthy. We talked about this a million times. When you get hurt, Bernie said it, when you keep getting hurt, you keep getting hurt. And the thing that I just, I, for the life of me, I don't understand is why in the world would, would Andrew Barry give him that contract knowing full well that the guy can't stay healthy? Why would you do that? I just don't understand. I mean, I don't even care that it's not my money. It just is a bad business move right now doesn't it feel like that i don't understand yeah yeah i don't know man
0: it's it I was like nothing about it was shocking when it happened and on our little text thread with friends we were all like holy shit rico called that shit." i
1: mean but you got to see you I got to want see to be your right boy out that. there my boy is going to be there for the next 10 years and so He's just getting started. He's you're gonna. He, he's like the the Ronco, the Ron Popeil chicken roaster. You just set it and forget it, dude. And and uh, he's he's gonna be over there, and you're never gonna hear from him for the next ten years. And that's exactly what you need out of that guy. And that guy is who for those people who have that would been be a number. the 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 gigantic behemoth on the right side DeWand jones number 79 from ohio state he didn't give up a sack he didn't give up a pressure nobody mentioned his name in a bad way he's just that he's just gonna be that guy that's just gonna be over there forever for for the the rest of my 50s probably
0: yeah he's funny seeing on tv because it's like It's like they put fucking Hagrid out there on the field. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: How much smaller does he make everybody else look? Oh, it's ridiculous. it's, It's hilarious. Like Jed Wills on the other side looks like fucking Phil Dawson. It's just ridiculous how small he makes everybody else look. It's crazy. Like Wyatt Teller is not a little guy, man. And he dwarfs him. It's hilarious. So what the hell happened to the Steelers today I didn't get the other
0: than the score what the heck happened in the game do you have any idea
1: it fucking San Francisco thumped them man hard yeah it thumped them hard um i, I didn't I, I didn't really catch what I B, B, Brock Purdy looked good San Francisco's good man they're a good freaking team. So the
0: Steelers lost big time. They got thumped like, what was it? 30 to seven or something like that.
1: 30, 37 to
0: seven. And then the, uh, and then the, uh, Ravens, uh, were victorious. I think they won 25 to nine at
1: home against
0: Houston. Right. So Houston's terrible, but, and I guess, yeah. uh, I guess. Well, be- uh,
1: the JK Dobbin, JK Dobbins, they're starting running back. Tore his Achilles. So they're starting. That's actually a, a pretty impactful injury for them. So we'll see how much that affects them.
0: So interesting. So next week, Monday Night Football, we are going to Pittsburgh. And the Browns, the last time we were in Pittsburgh, it was not good. Watson, we all thought after that Washington game that Watson found himself and it was going to be, we we're going to close out the year with a victory. And no bueno playing in pittsburgh still is our house of horrors as the cleveland right. browns just cannot go there and play well so hopefully we turn right around monday i mean the steelers it's hard to imagine the steelers starting zero and two under tomlin i guess they they did a couple years ago but rebounded but um I don't know. It's hard to imagine the Steelers coming out flat. I think the Browns will be pumped up. The Browns are going to have their white helmets on and the throwback uniforms for Monday night. So we'll get to see that. But it's a critical game. I think starting, I think winning the home opener, winning the first game of the year for Cleveland, first time it's happened in back to back years since Belichick. We almost never win the opening game. Now we've done it two years in a row, but the next step, if we ever want to be serious about competing is to put wins back to back and build on successes and not constantly take a step forward and a trip on your own feet and take a step back. So I think it's critical that Cleveland goes into Pittsburgh and shows that we can win a game against those guys in the black and yellow in their stadium
1: On the national stage. I think it's critical. This is a ridiculously important game for all of those reasons. It's a primetime game against Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh, in a stadium that you've had trouble winning for half of my life. And so, this they've got the first important game out of the way. Now, this is the second... Really, really important game for all of those reasons that you just said. And Mike Tomlin's not like I said before, he's not going to do them any favors. He's going to stack the box. He's going to put TJ Watt over Jed Wills because I'd certainly do that. And he's going to make Deshaun Watson beat them, which he hasn't been able to do in the last seven games. Um, he, he's had two good quarters in seven games now. So Mike Tomlin is going to realize this already, and he's going to force Deshaun Watson to beat them. So we'll have to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you have any any early predictions then wow, for man. Monday as we're wrapping up this uh, celebratory opening day victory, victory Sunday that's quickly going to roll over into Monday here?
1: yeah i know our uh the, this particular discussion didn't sound very celebratory but it's the way it is man um i i, I i'm God. well can i stop you there for a minute if if yeah. we
0: had, if we had done this podcast at 405 i would have been all woo woo, woo, woo. but the truth is is over, <laughs> after a couple days you sober up right as in terms of how you look at the game and how you look at the league and you kind of like sober up a little bit so i think You know, the game ended, what is it? It's it's 11 o'clock at night on Sunday. The game ended at four. It's been a few hours. I've kind of sobered
1: up a little bit about it. Well, no, I'm glad that we're discussing it in this way because I feel like this is the right way to discuss this game because, you know, a couple hours ago, we may have been prisoner of the moment and be like, Super Bowl, right? But I think (laughs) talking about how how Worried we are about the Sean Watson is a legit discussion, and nobody I've listened to you a lot today, and nobody, everybody's excusing him because of the weather. That's the wrong discussion to have, man. It well, just, you know what,
0: Rico? That what we're talking about now is what people will be talking about on Wednesday and Thursday this week. Yes, yeah. people will once, sober once the,
1: up. The shine of the wind wears off, and then yep. everybody's going to realize oh wow it was uh barely raining in 70 degrees and he still looked like shit what wow. oh sobering moment there yeah you're right we're just talking about it a few days before everybody else will be
0: so monday night so do you monday have an night. early early take on this are the Not white field. helmets
1: gonna propel the browns to victory uh dude the white helmets are fire by the way i love the white helmets um but uh, no i i i'm God, I hate to say this, man, because I was wrong about this game, but would they go where Deshaun Watson did not look good today, and he's got to go to Pittsburgh and face a tougher defense. And I don't think they're going to do it, dude. I think they're going to lose. Well, what about about this, though? Is that the Browns defense,
0: what if the Browns defense continues to play with that fire that you talked about when we started the podcast and – Pittsburgh off Pittsburgh's offense kind of struggles and their quarterback struggles. Don't you, don't you think that uh, they'll have an easier time against uh uh, this kid, what's I I can never get this kid's name. Uh, right. It's because of the damn. They have two receiver Receiver named what? Pickens. The, the receiver is Pickens, and he's Pickett. The Quarterback is Pickett. I'll never get it right in my brain. I never yeah. will. But Ken, this, Ken, Ken, this Kenny Pickett, right? If if Kenny Pickett is not Joe Burrow, right? And so, don't right. you think that? Theoretically, if the defense goes and they ought to be able to kind of intimidate this kid and maybe force him into some bad throws and and, you know, keep the game, uh, you know, kind of have
1: an impact on the game in that way. Yes, I agree with you 100 percent. The defense is going to come with the same energy and the same heart and the same swag that they came with today and maybe even more because they've got this game to build on. I do think that's going to happen, and they are going to make the the game easier on the offense, but Pittsburgh's defense has had Cleveland's number. Deshaun Watson has not looked good since he's been back in the league. Let's put it in those terms. And if they win this game, it's going to be because of Nick Chubb again. Um, And so, but I think Mike Tomlin's going to account for that. And so, yeah, you. I agree with you. They the defense is going to make it easier. I don't think they're going to make it easy enough, though. And I, I, I want to be wrong. Believe me, but Deshaun Watson has not played well since he's been in Houston. You
0: yeah, uh, listen. It's it's tough for me to imagine. I think this AFC North is going to be a division where the teams just beat the snot out of each other. The Browns managed to lay a haymaker today on the Bengals and it might be the Browns turn to take one on the chin now because it's going to be that kind of like everybody hovering around nine and eight kind of division and so it could very much happen. It's very, very difficult for me to imagine the Steelers starting 0-2. Very, very difficult. But I agree totally. It could happen. And if Cleveland does start 2-0 going into Tennessee, getting way ahead of myself here, but if Cleveland does start 2-0, and then we'd be on our way to having that start to the year, that first month of the season when we looked at the schedule and thought, ye, this looks a little rough. If they can go into Pittsburgh and win, then you've set yourself up very, very nicely because you can split those two remaining games and start three and one and be in a really, really good shape in the first you know quarter of the season. So it's a critical game man and it's a winnable game. The Browns can win this game and I'm not willing to give up and say Deshaun Watson is never going to be who he was. It just it, for it just might take us a little while longer to get him there than maybe we expected
1: right and to go along with what you said and ju- just as much as the both of us find it hard to believe that pittsburgh would open the season zero and two against these against the browns in the second game i find it find it equally as difficult to buy the fact that cleveland could go two and oh in this in, in this right i mean right uh, i hear you yeah I, I so so both of us agree that it's likely that Pittsburgh is not going to go zero and two, and conversely, if you look at the past twenty five years, it's really unlikely that Cleveland is going to go two and zero, especially in Pittsburgh in a prime time game. Which is why I'm not picking them to win. I, you know. I, I, it's it's a good point, you know. I heard uh, Garrett
0: Bush on the radio. Um, gosh, from the fan, what day was it? Saturday?
1: I can't remember. Yeah, his his day is Saturday mornings.
0: Okay, I was putzing around. I heard him on the radio. I'll make yeah. this really quick. But everybody keeps bringing up Mike Vick, and they were like, "Well, Mike Vick had two years off. He was in prison, then he came back and played really well with the Eagles." And Bush's point was, we've kind of massaged history is that when he came back, he actually was a backup for like a year (laughs) before even becoming the starter in Philadelphia. And then once he became the starter, it took a while before he became who he was as a quarterback. So it was almost like a year and a half after he got back before he found his play again, you know? not sure. saying it's going to be a year it better not be a year and a half for Deshaun Watson. Well, no no, can't afford to have take the, that one. The closest thing we can see is what happened to Mike Vick in terms of this kind of situation with this long layoff. And I think in our minds we've we've massaged it to where we think it was instant. He came back and was tearing it up with the Eagles and it was a
1: long time. So it, it I I we <laughs> can't afford for it to take that long but that is certainly real dude and when he did come back he didn't come back for that long
0: yeah so yeah Um. well he was close he was 32 at the time too but um, true
1: true but, that, that or 29 very, very or true. 30 but at Listen, any rate man, you're, you're not going to get a bunch of fluff with us you're going to get some real discussion that other people aren't willing to have so I'm glad we talked about this all right dude go Browns go Browns Loser. Cleveland brown All day, all night. <laughs> Ever wonder if rock
0: and roll is dead?
1: Does the music we grew up loving align with modern sensibilities,
0: or should it be relegated to the dustbin of regrettable rock history? Oh. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. We
1: are your rock and roll pathologists.
0: Join us as we take your favorite songs and put them under the knife every week on Rock and Roll Autopsy.
1: New episodes every Sunday at midnight, wherever you stream your podcasts.
0: The Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast.